more successful and more famous, have a bigger show, all of this stuff. But you just like what I need you to do as my co-host is not fucking speak for like at least 15, 20 minutes, and then I'll intro you in, you wave and you leave. Perfect. Okay. Hey guys, we're back for another episode of College Football Uncensored. That's also not real. We're 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 minus Tyler this week, so we're gonna have a um it takes a village week. And that is what my mom used to say when she didn't want to pick me up from school. And what we're going to do is, since Tyler can't be here, we've got like we've got a rotating door of several personalities and media members um, that are great, uh, good friends. I almost just said on and off the court, but that didn't, I don't know why. Um, introduce yourself, man. Oh, man, what's up? Look, on and off the court, Chris. You know, you, you know what time <laughs> it is. Uh, now I'm Jake Cran. Uh, yeah, run uh, one of the hosts of Crane and Company. Uh, was the Jay Boy Show and then went over to the Daily Wire, so we're the sports show for them, but... You know, we're on YouTube every morning. Well, every weekday morning. I mean, I, I don't know if I can handle every morning from uh, 6.30 to 8 a.m. Central, uh, 7.30 to 9 Eastern. I don't know what that is, mountain time. That's why I don't live in the mountains. But, yeah, man, we have, we have a good time. Yeah, you guys do a great job, man. Um, no, they too, man. I did, I did not realize when you had me on there this week, you, know, you want to come on in the morning? And I was like, as soon as you said it, I knew I knew you meant a different time than what I, than what I was comfortable with. And oh, I was for like, sure. Because, like, I don't, I don't have to get up early at all. So I'm, I'm like – my, my day is like later. And so I was like, I should have asked this question. And then I was like, I probably should ask if I should, if I should shower, but then I'm going to be held like responsible if I have to shower. So that's why I was like huddled up in the, in the, in the camera like that. Well, I mean, you just look like you were locked in. I mean, where it really gets funny is when we have people, you know, from the West coast, like we had Gary Sheffield jr. On mm -hmm. uh, who's over there in Arizona. So it's, it's really, really early for those guys, but man, we're going to have you on again in the morning. You did Love so it. good coming back for an encore performance. I can't wait. I can't wait. We got, um, we have like some, this has been like a kind of a fun, busier than expected time in, in April. Cause like, you know, we have March Madison's, you have the masters, you have like, it's like, it's like one of the best times in sports in general. Um, I haven't watched a second of the NBA playoffs really after the, like the playing round. And I've heard I've just missed like fucking just incredible TV, incredible theater. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of the Stanley cup yet. Um, like I'm not going to DVR it, but I mean, like I'm also behind on Ted Lasso. So it's like, I got to get caught up on all this shit. Priorities, man. Priorities. I'll, I'll say this, uh, man. I think the main story when it comes to NBA is just the injuries. I mean, Jaws yeah. out, Giannis is out. I mean, you go to, you go down the list that there's a lot of not just key players, but big time superstars that are out right now. I know the Grizzlies are playing the Lakers as we speak. They were leading last time I came up here. And then in the NHL, man, I love the NHL playoffs. I, I went yeah. to my first NHL game a couple of years ago and fell in love with it when I went to see it. Now that I really understand it, I enjoy it more. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how much fun it is when you know the rules. I see. I that is. I I never even attempted to. I just yell out skate, and then like 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 my one of my best friends. He's from St. Louis, so we're, like, we both for the Blues together. Um, and it's so much fun. Like playoff hockey is just it's the fucking best. But it's also like I he tried to explain like. I, I, can't, I don't understand any of it. And there's also way too many uh, consonants in those names, too, because everyone's from, like, the, the, like the what do you call it? The, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm very tired. I almost well, said, yeah, uh, Kazakhstan. <laughs> Kazakhstan. Anytime a country has a G and a Z back-to-back, -back, like, fuck off, man. That's who, yeah, like, I don't, I don't trust you. I'll be the first one to tell you that. You have, uh, there's no trust there. There's no big trust built, built there. Somebody's going to have to clip that for sure. Um, you came with a lot of expectations. You do a great job, like I said. Um and it, you work with like at the daily wire which i as everyone knows is where spider-man also works um but like like your journey is pretty cool so like just before we get into like the actual stuff like 
kind of take people through the the like the come up and all kind of stuff because we all get to watch it in real time. Yeah, man. Like I'm I'm convinced I'm in a coma. I don't think any of this is real. Like I'm just gonna wake up at some point. They're gonna be like, man, you got hit by a semi truck. You've been famous still the national champ. Yeah, Auburn's won five in a row. No, uh, man, it's it's been crazy. You know, uh, 2020 when COVID, I was I coached for nine years. I was in South Mm. Alabama. Uh, really across the country, started out in JUCO and was up in Montana coaching during COVID. And, you know, in the coaching profession, you get to a high enough level, you don't have a lot of time off. Not only yeah. call COVID, you know, time off, but you get a chance to go back home and see family. When all right. this came out, nobody knew what was going on. So they sent us back, sent the players back. And man, I'm, that was, you know, early signing period was, was starting. And, and so a lot of my recruiting was kind of wrapped up, had a few kids left out there. And man, I don't, I don't know what it, what it was, just something about me. I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to just sit around all day. So I got like a $50 mic off like Sweetwater yep. and had this old laptop. Didn't have my coaching laptop. Left that up at school. Um, and uh, man, I just, it took all my technological intuition to be able to put it out there. Like I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not Bill Nye the science guy by any stretch. No, bro, that. I'm on my own tonight doing all the parts. Like I got yeah, like, to You doing that? Like I'm, I'm not, like don't, don't set me up. It turns into an escape room. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I started doing it. I didn't know like what was good. So I was getting like downloads, but like to me, like, like Joe Rogan was good. You know, like 900,000 views. So I'm looking, I'm like, I guess this is all right, but it's not nearly what the other guys are. And we kept getting pushed back because of COVID long story short, I started getting reached out to by like people to do advertisements. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like, you know, absolutely shocked that, um, you know, people are willing to pay money. Like at first, I didn't even know like a 30 second ad read, what that was. So I like right. had to Google all of it. Anyways, decided I wanted to try this out. Still young enough to do it. Uh, so I, I, the Believe Network reached out to me, started with them. I had some, I was just doing audio at the time. So I had some investors in Atlanta reach out to me and they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we want to put you on video. We want to move you to Atlanta, pay you and put you on video. So I was like, all right, sweet. So I went and did that. Um, at the whole thing. At the, at, well, at first it was in a, a, a melt in, in Atlanta in, in Buckhead. They're like, they had this, you know, big space. And so we were doing it from there. And then Colin Cowherd emailed us and was like, hey, I got this volume podcast network. Would you guys like to be the college football show? So when Colin Cowherd calls you and asks you to be the college okay. football show, go ahead. Here's the, so here's what I, I wanted to bring that up for a, a specific reason, because so I don't know if you know this, but like you, I was texting you from the SDS account when that happened. And I was out in oh, Oregon. That's right. And this is like that's when all the wheels started to go in motion when like uh, the engagement got broken up. So I was out in Oregon with her. And I remember saying, I was like, hold on, I got to text uh, this guy real quick to see if he'll come on the podcast because he's like blowing up. And and you responded and like, we're already like bickering. And you responded like you were just, I could tell you were just so genuinely happy. You were like, dude, Colin Coward just texted me. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Okay, cool. Like, I, and yeah. then I was like, Afterwards, I felt so bad because I was like so short about it. But then, like, so you you went there, and then, and so then- yeah, so we go to the we signed this uh, contract with the Volume Podcast Network for like six months, and so doing really well. Uh, and when they reached out to us, they're like, "We want to talk about pushing this thing forward and signing mm-hmm. like a year deal, whatever it is." So on the so we start talking about that. So I'm technically a free agent, and then right. then Shapiro DMs me on Twitter and is like. Hey man, I'm listening to this. Like, this is really good. And I was yeah. just like, I still got the DMs. I was like, thanks, dog. Like, I, I just, I don't know what you say. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. I was like, thanks, man. I'm, it's like, I mean, regardless of what you think about him, I mean, no, no, no. Like, I, I, I'm sure, like, 
I'm sure that every he's a different person than everyone thinks they know. Oh, dude, he's so cool. Like, and yeah. I know people say, "Oh, well, you work or you're, I'm just telling you, like, like sports junkie, like right. sports, sports junkie. Um, and and does a great job, and and talked with him, and ended up uh, going up there, man. And and we've been up here a year now, and it's been fantastic, and uh, it's it's been a ton of fun, and we get to say, you know, what we want, and and we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we we don't make everything political. We don't go out of our way to find political things we talk sports like old school right. but when it intersects i mean when it talks about men and women's sports and things like that obviously i'm going to talk about it like yeah. nil to people is political but it's That's such crazy. a big part of the game you got to talk about it so we've had a bunch of different people on man it's it's been great um i love working there and and they've been nothing but great to me and and yeah. my fiance and blandon Cohn. so very That's fortunate I'm, I'm very happy for all the success and all that kind of stuff and 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 hopefully I'm sure there's like more to come. Yeah. I think that the thing is it, like, there's a story I wanted to tell before you leave and I'll wait till the end to tell it, but like about that specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean like it's, it's, it's just a weird time. I was talking to somebody today and I was having a very, what I thought was a calm conversation over text about like this stupid fucking Auburn, Missouri back and forth that was going on on Twitter, which I don't know why those two teams were ever comparing themselves. Like, it, like it just if you're trying to figure out who's gonna be the fifth member of the fucking Backstreet Boys, that's what you're doing right there. You're like, I, I just, or maybe even an alternate. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, Vandy's got to do something. Yeah, I mean, like it was just the whole like, and and I think Tom Hart's even said that that Mizzou is just Vandy with a fake ID. Um, <laughs> like, pretty spot on. That sounds um, exactly like something Tom Hart would say. Ex- that oh, that is that. absolutely hilarious. But but on the same hand, Marler, they've been in the SEC championship twice. I know some other teams that have been in the SEC for a while that hadn't been in the SEC championship twice. So yeah, or once. Yeah, or once, or yeah. once. That's exactly right. You know I, exactly what I'm talking about. I will always defend Mizzou, and like, and more than anything, I hate the like the lame cliche, like low hanging fruit argument, and it's like, well, they don't like they're nowhere near in the southeast. Like, true, but like, I just I hate when people shit on Mizzou because it's like, what do you want them to do? Like, do you like you think have you ever talked to their fans like around like an SEC game? It's fucking that, hilarious. Oh, I, I really, man, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever been to a game where Missouri was playing. I don't think I ever have. But I will say this, Chris, while I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it. I, I, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but, I, but for a while there, I thought that Villanova wasn't a real place. I thought it was just like, you know, the South Harmon Institute of Technology. <laughs> just had like really great basketball players. Yeah. Like you, I was like, I've never met anybody that has went to Villanova that is a right. Villanova fan or even knows where this place is. So when really? we went to the Final Four, I like was taking pictures with Villanova fans, like it's real. Oh my god, it's actually <laughs> real. Uh, so no, man, it's uh, that's that was kind of my Villanova deal. If you're talking about Missouri, I I have never been to a game where Missouri's been playing. See, their fans are like it's a smart school. It's like a, it's like a just inherently smart school. So their fans are hilarious because like they came into the SEC with this whole mindset of like these fucking assholes are going to be such dicks to us. And like, we're coming here from this like, in, like higher institution of learning. And like, we're, we're all like pretty well educated. And we also know football. Like, we care about football. We care about sports or, you know, big basketball school, but like, it's going to be a nightmare as soon as we mesh. And like, and from jump, you had that thing with Georgia fans with like the grown man football and all that. And it was like, yeah, yeah. anyway, anyway, but no, I was talking to somebody today and, and I, it was funny. Cause I think that at times like sports can be worse than politics for people. Like, Oh yeah. Because I always said it's like the same, but like there are people, and this is going to shock you. There are people who don't like me, which like I always have a hard time. I don't time believe with. you. <laughs> it's me. It's mainly hey, me. why are you? Yeah, why are you talking about your parents on here? I thought you were yeah. you said you could stay away from that. 
No, but like, so I was like saying something, and this guy was like, "Oh, you work for such and such. No wonder the like the, that site has gone downhill." And I was like, "Bro, are we just are you upset because I said something about your team that you don't agree with, and now we're just like never gonna be friends? Like this is so fucking stupid." Yeah, it's un- well, it's I, I I being and you know this, but working where I work, like I I know how crazy people are about sports. Yeah, I mean hell, we're poisoning trees, kidnapping animals. I mean, you can you can look around. There's crazy stuff that goes on, and then I see the political angle, like with the other people that work at the Daily Wire. So right. it's like sometimes it's firing on both cylinders, man. Yeah. Like it's it's just being like surrounded. I feel like I'm in like the into that one Harry Potter where they're having to find that goblin. He's got like swim through the water, but avoid like the the evil coral or whatever you know goes on in in that. It's uh, it can get it can get real uh real wonky sometimes. Um, I've never seen Harry Potter, but I, I definitely didn't want you to stop that description. Um, okay, so let's get actually talk about some non-Mizzou, non-Auburn football. Um, just some of the stuff that's come out in the past couple of days. What I want to talk to you about today, or the first off, just came out today. It was a quote from Saban. Um, Bama has their spring game this week, so we're going to talk about that and our, as well as LSU. Um, the quote that he came out with today, I, I don't know what it was, what event it was at, but it's like an interview. He's hanging out. like It seemed like it's a pretty casual, relaxed thing. Uh, I think golf was involved. And um, he said something about like, you know, there's someone that has, has like, we've got it. They've been, they've beaten us or they've like, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was, it was basically along the lines of, we have to go try and take that back. And people were very upset that Nick Saban was talking about Georgia and had their name like in his mouth at all. I, like, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. Cause I don't think Saban gives a shit. Right. But at the same time, like, I don't think, what he said at any point was a lie. I think that he's fully aware of the scope of college football and where it's at right now and the landscape of it. And he's not at the top. I, I think he fully gets that. And he's just trying to figure out like, I, I, like, well, I mean, what, what was your takeaway from that? Well, he's right. I mean, when, when you look at, at the overall landscape of college football, I mean, for, for a long time, it was Alabama is the top dog. When you mm-hmm. look at Alabama, they're physically superior and deeper than most teams. It's right. not just your first eleven. Hell, it's not even your first 22. Right. Uh, I mean, it's it's really your first 45, your first 50. That's how you rock and roll with it. I mean, uh, when when I, I forgot who we had on, uh, it may have been it may have been Pollock, uh, but he was talking about how um, you know Kirby Smart when they were playing Alabama in the, in the first SEC championship when the teams were walking out for media there or whatever. It was like, man, look at all the. It's like Georgia has some huge guys, but Alabama is just massive all the yeah. way through. And Kirby was like, that's where we got to get to. But when it comes – and this is the worst thing for everybody else in college football. I'll be honest with you, Chris. You know I'll make no, no bones about it. I'm yeah. from Auburn. Father played there. I mean, I'm an Auburn fan. We're all fans of somebody. And I told people two years ago, I was like, I'm just going to tell you something. As much as this pains me to say, the worst thing for everybody else in college football is for Alabama to lose to Georgia and to slip for a little bit because it's going to keep Nick in the game five years longer. All right, this man, I would rather you win it. I would rather you win it by 150,000 points and yeah. rode off into the sunset, new commissioner, Nick Saban of the Death Star Empire. Right. Be a, now he's pissed, okay? Now he's pissed because he wants to go out dominating, right? Because what's the best The best compliment I can give Nick Saban is the hair. The, it, with, well, I, yeah, outside of the, the hair and face, obviously. We, yeah. we know the rules here. Is that he is the most malleable, dominant coach I've ever seen. Right. His ability to adjust, not only schematically, not only to pace, not only to, you know, different personnel groupings, formations, the way you go about it, but the way he's able to 
with the NIL transfer portal. I mean, Chris, I remember when he was complaining about hurry up, no huddle. He didn't like it. But what did he do? He didn't sit there with his hands and say, yeah. we're just going to run it. He went and got Lane Kiffin. So the man is very malleable, and he does not want to be taken down, and he doesn't want right. to go out unless he's on top. And, and that's who I think he is. So, and here's the only thing that I, I've been saying this, and I haven't used this example, but this is the, this would be the concern if you're being like honest with yourself. Because when he said that today, my first thought was like, let's fucking go. Like, like, let's, let's get back to basics. Let's get back to like the way you used to play football. Like, I don't want to hear anything about Tyler Steen starting at fucking left tackle. Like, let's run the fucking ball. Let's be tough, like in the trenches, all that kind of stuff. And even if they are, I don't know if they're still going to be good enough to beat, to beat Georgia because it's kind of like, like even though this is a totally different sport, like it's, it's, it's a totally different example. But, like, as you get older, like, you know, you, you saw with Pujols. Remember how Pujols used to just be, like, this incredible, like, stoic presence of the plate? And just, I mean, we, he looked like everything was so effortless. And then as he got older, he was still hitting home runs because he was, like, sitting around forever trying to get, like, 600. But he got, like, older and slower and fatter and all that kind of shit. And it's like it's sometimes you watch this like that deterioration is like a, a bit of like an aggressive word, but you just kind of lose it. And like you're not gonna ever be able to get back to where your prime was. I don't like like Saban can be pissed all he wants and he can be motivated because I know he is. He was probably pissed last year and the year before that too. I don't know if it's gonna matter because of how how what Kirby's building. And and honestly, you take a step outside of Kirby, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not worried about hypo as much, but I'm not not worried about it. Yeah, you know, the, the way I look at it is like this. And and the Pujols example is a good one. I will say the difference is Pujols was having to play it. Nick Saban's coaching it. So mm-hmm. what I think we've seen is, I mean, Kirby Smart is one of Nick's biggest protégés, right? Yeah. And he's had many of them. Kirby's not the first. I mean, you mm-hmm. can go down the litany of uh, a huge list of, of coaches that have been his protégé, uh, going back to, all the way to Jimbo Fisher and even before that, Will Muschamp, all that stuff. Yeah. But it seems like Kirby is the first one who got the secret recipe from Saban and found out a way to not only replicate it, but maybe make it a little bit better. You know, maybe add a little more sugar to it. And a place like Georgia, you know this, is one of the few what I call golden egg destinations. Perfect. If you go and get the mix right in Georgia, you can not only win, you can beat people's ass on the regular. Because I will say this till the day I die, Chris, because I recruited the state. Mm-hmm. Per capita, per capita. There is not a state that it has more talented players in the big three sports, basketball, baseball, and football, than the right. state of Georgia. And to right. be honest with you, I don't know if it's even close. So no. we harnessed that energy, got that infinity gauntlet on, added a few of those infinity stones, and stuck yeah. his hand out and said, hey, Brock Bowers, show him what it's about. Just snapped his fingers, and all of a sudden, careers got made. So I say, uh, it, I, I say it all the time as a joke, I think, it, but I don't like, – part of me is starting to wonder if it's true. Is like Sometimes I wonder if Kirby is just doing shit to – like challenge himself like you know what fuck it i'm gonna start stetson i'm gonna start lad mcconkey <laughs> fever like i'm like uh, well you can say the same thing about jimbo how the hell do you look at haynes king and max johnson and go yeah haynes king definitely the guy like yeah, it's, it's years in a row I mean, now with kirby i mean look at the personnel he has i mean it's yeah. it must be fun it must be great to be like hey guys look the most important person on georgia's whole in their whole organization well, the two most important people is the pilot and the bus driver. Right. If those guys do their jobs yeah. right now, Georgia's going to be fine. Yeah, I think, you know, and we talked about that last week in the episode there. And because, um, you know, I think that they, they would have to be the, the favorite just to, there's no other way about it. Um, we've got a comment here from Ben Diesel who said, don't forget about Saban's ability to pander to the playoff committee. I still like, I just want to know what, like, what he should have done different. Like, if, if Saban, if Saban walked up to the podium, after he was asked to go like 
come on like the halftime show should have never fucking gone by the way whoever's idea that was was a, it was a very bad idea but like after he was done with that like if he would have showed up there and be like you know what i don't think that we deserve a spot there we lost two games i think ohio state's a better team i think we're not a top 14 this year we had a lot of struggles but like if he would have said that they people still would have somehow yeah. been mad he's just yeah. supporting this team I agree. I agree. But again, if you say that, number one, what, what's he supposed to do when he goes? He yeah. goes on there for recruiting. You understand mm-hmm. all of this is about right. recruiting. I mean, yeah. the genius of Nick Saban's spring game on ESPN, like things like that, it's all for recruiting to the point, And this, I know guys that have coached with him that are very tight with him. This is how this man is. Do you want to know why before Alabama games, when they show the starting lineups, why all the Alabama players are always in suits and they're smiling because mm-hmm. every year when they take those pictures, Nick Saban stands there and makes sure every one of them smiles because if they're smiling, they look happy and they know that recruits, mamas and grandmothers yeah. and fathers are watching that. And you know what they say? Oh my goodness. Look how happy those guys look. I want you to be happy. Five-star right. defensive end. That's going to be a first, second, first or second round pick in the yeah, NFL. Right. It's it's that in depth. So yeah. what you, I, I would do, I would have done the same thing. It's politicking, man. Like right. that's that's I mean, what it is. I, and I think he's going to catch flag no matter what happens. But um, no, I, I think that's 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 part of what it was. But here's so here's something I did a deep dive last night, and the results that I came up with was not what I was intended to do. It was intending to do at all. Um, do you end up on OnlyFans again? Always on OnlyFans. Nice, I keep that nice, on nice. uh, no, so this was like. I was looking at some stuff from Vegas, and I'm because I made this point the other day, kind of offhand, because I, I saw the one of the lines, and I know you guys talk about gambling on your show, and we obviously do as well. Um, and so, like one thing about Bama that has always made me laugh, and like like in this like very kind of like almost boastful way, is you've seen them play undefeated teams, you've seen them play on the road, you've seen them like they're always favored. They've only not been favored, I think, five times in the last like twelve or thirteen years. I think almost every time it was to Georgia. But, like, in the last couple of seasons, we've talked a lot about how, like, they've kind of fallen off at times and in different, like, you know, key positions. And, and it's almost in a way that people can't quite put their finger on it. Yeah. But I think Vegas yesterday, when I was looking at some of the lines that were released in their Game of the Year lines from FanDuel, Vegas may have just be telling all of us what the truth is and what, like, we've, we've been thinking we know. And I think they might have just outed the fact that, like, maybe the dynasty is dead because I, the deep dive I, I did – was strictly on the point spreads. Because if you've seen the last two years, Alabama struggle, especially in like late in games. Um, over the past five years, hold on, let me pull this up. Because I, I texted this to one of my friends at like five in the morning and, and she was not the role. Um, So this is just at home. And, and the reason I brought this up is because there's four games that are that they have already released with a, a line attached to them for Bama. And it's A&M, which is on the road, but then Texas, LSU, and, um, and Tennessee. Those three are at home. And... I'll get to what the lines were later, but that's why I was so surprised. So you look at the last five years, and yes, it, in for, for Bama, they've had 32 games at home, right? 21 of those games against the SEC. The average point spread over the last five years has been over 29 points. 29 points. Now, this is just home games, okay? This is, but like this, the, the numbers are staggering, okay? Listen to this. So it's, it's been over 25 points uh, – I'm sorry, 29 points – in SEC games, it's been 25.4 exactly um, over the last five years. Like, these That's are, so yeah. dominant, Chris. Oh, my God. They, they've, been, they've had 32 home games. Only twice have they been favored by less than uh, – by single digits at home. And it was the LSU 
And then it was also um, uh, against Georgia in 2020. Of those 32 games, 28 of the 32, they were favored by 20 points or more. And in, um, I think, only four of them, they were less than two touchdowns. There, there was entire seasons they played, I think, even in 2020, when they, there was no one that was within a 17-point favorite in the regular season. Yeah. And I bet they covered. Yeah, <laughs> I bet they covered. yeah, I bet they covered most of them. But except for the last two years. And so the last two years, I thought this was really interesting because I was like, you know, Bama still won. They were 11-1 and the regular season a couple years back, 10-2 and this year. You remember that that November when they had like that Tennessee game was closer than I even want to admit. Like uh, two years back, you you almost lose. You should have lost LSU. You almost lose Arkansas. Alabama in the month of November over the last two seasons combined is one six and one against the spread. The only wow. time they've covered is against New Mexico State. And how um, that game didn't start out great, if I remember yeah. correctly. But they they were favored by twenty points or more against LSU, Arkansas, and Auburn. Mm-hmm. And there's well, one. Go ahead. Well, I one of the reasons I think we've seen this, and, and I, I talk about this all the time. Like Alabama goes on that run, and and they dominated in a way that we haven't seen a college right. team dominate in a while because they were so much better than everybody up front. Look, the wide receivers were great, running backs were great, mm-hmm. that quarterbacks were great. That tends to happen when you have great offensive lines and defensive lines. Right. But what we've seen is that gap get bridged a little bit. Who was the only team that could really make a run at Bama there for a little bit? There was two, Clemson. right? It was LSU and it was Clemson. Right. Remember why? Well, Clemson, they they jumped up because they started getting the guys up front. And like right. I talked about on the front end, it's the depth. It's the guys you can roll in there after the third quarter or by game eight to yeah. still get after the pass or a pass or a block. So doing that has bridged the gap. Or if that hadn't have happened, I bet that dominance – would have been exactly the same because Alabama, and I swear it started with Andre Smith. I think that was the guy that really started it out. And then just from there on, it was just a shower of humongous guys moving people. Well, I think so. And the thing too with Clemson is I remember being out in, in San Francisco or wherever the fuck it was, for that national championship and saying like on the, like the Facebook live for the game, that like, I was like, Clemson's going to win this game because the way they're built up front, Mm -hmm. it's not just they have great dudes that they're, they're built differently. But so going back to this, this is this is why I think that Bama could possibly be in trouble as much as I don't want to admit it. Because Vegas is never wrong. Vegas For is sure. absolutely never wrong. Mm-hmm. So one six and one in the month of November, um, over the last two seasons, you've you've seen like in the in the previous um uh, four years before last year, there was only I think like a handful of times they were favored by less than two touchdowns. And it would be games like you know, like top five opponents and shit like that. Um, like on the road in Death Valley, they, and they somehow won like 29 nothing. The 2021 November, when they were favored by 20 plus points in all three of those games, they won all, all three of them by single digits, like and two of them by two points. And those are teams that had losing records as well. Mm-hmm. So now you look at this year and you go on the road at Tennessee and you're, you're favored by less than 10 points, you lose. Next time you're favored by, by less than 10 points or by two, uh, less than two touchdowns, LSU, you lose outright. You go on the road against Ole Miss. Same situation. You you like escape a, a very close like potential loss. Alabama in the month of November, especially when they got to close it out. Like anytime they have been favored by less than two touchdowns, especially if they are playing a team that is ranked or, or has like a, an offense. The teams that we've seen them struggle with, which seems to be like just good teams at this point, right? In yeah. the month of November, they have not only they have not only struggled to cover the spread, um, they have lost outright four of those games out of the seven. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I'm gonna be honest, but I think you may have cracked the code, man. I mean, like, are you, in, are you doing this from Bletchley Park? Like, where yes. is like this is I, unbelievably impressive. None of it makes me happy, and I'm fucking mad. Like, as soon as, as soon as I'm reading all of it, I was like, because now they come out with the four, the four games I mentioned earlier for this year. Yep. All four have come out. All four. Alabama is a less than ten point favorite at home for the first time in the Saban era, or in in a long time in the Saban era, and. So I'm, I'm well, just part of me, Chris, part of me, Chris, I know Vegas is always right. If you want to know who has the time machine, it's those guys. Congrats. Yeah. But part of me just really wants to go the other way on that and say, why do I, do I, do I throw the bag? But again, Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, I, I know we're going to get into it. That's the part that new quarterback. I know Jalen had some experience against Arkansas against Arkansas, but it's a different animal when you're the guy. That's true. Um, listen, I know you got to get out of here cause it's, uh, it took up 30 minutes of your time. I did want to say one story real quick if um, yeah. for our listeners because I thought this was like this is something I'm, I'm very appreciative of and also it, it makes me like happy when uh, when I when I think about it. So like so a lot of you know that like I, I say it on here all the time I'm like I'm pretty liberal with a lot of stuff. Like Jake and I don't have the same kind of politics. We still don't necessarily. Um, and this summer somehow we got it. Not, not somehow I picked a fight with you on Twitter and and overreacted <laughs> horribly and. And so, and I immediately like just fucking lashed out and said this whole thing. And, and I'm like firing up this tweet and I was so mad and I was mad at you. And probably because like just shit was going on in my life and like a, not the best way. And like, and yeah, you were, human you know, but also like we just like, I was like putting it all in like the politics and shit. And I saw this yesterday from two of the most un- unlikable people to a lot is Stephen A. Smith and Clay Travis get together to talk. Yeah. And they, caught, they caught some sort of flack. I remember sitting there thinking after I lashed out at you over nothing, I was like, I need to apologize to this guy. Like, he probably didn't care, but I need to apologize. So I, I sent you a DM and apologized to you. Um, and I just kind of expected to never hear from you again. And like a couple like hours later, I think you responded. You're like, hey, I really appreciate that. And we had just calm discourse, like yeah. adult. And it's been one of the most, I feel it's like one of the more prouder moments I've had as like an adult and appreciative moments I've had as an adult. Because like, we can have different views and still like be friends, sure. talk football, all the shit. Yeah, well, look, and and my my biggest thing is, you know, we live in we live in a society today that's so divisive. I mean, you, yeah. people get so it, and again, it's it's a play. They're running a play to get us all upset at each other. They, they want us half of us to watch this and the other half to watch this and put it against each other because it drives ratings and drives money. Yeah. But but my, my thing is always, you know, uh, with with people, look. No, you never really know what somebody's dealing with. Right. Got my father, and I'm not trying to turn this into some stuff. No, no, my no, father no, committed suicide, and I had no idea, no idea at all. It hit me out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't even know what my own father was going through. Right. Like, so how am I going to sit here if somebody, like, and again, it, you know, we go back and forth on Twitter. You sent me that message. I mean, right when I read that message, I was like, I respect that. Because the biggest problem we have in society today, I don't care if you voted for Donald Trump, Joe Biden, the libertarian, or or the Kool-Aid man. We we have lost the ability to actually have good dissent and arguments. And when you lose that, you lose progress. You lose compromise. You lose everything that has gotten us to where we are. We're the most – one of the reasons America has been a superpower so long, we're the most competitive people on the planet. That's fine. World War One, we'll kick that ass. World War Two, we'll kick that ass. We'll bring we up Vietnam, together. brother. Yeah, like when we when we come together, nobody yeah. can stop us. So I just, man, I appreciated you reaching out. Okay, and man. again, dude, you're. We may not agree on a lot of stuff. We may not agree on a lot of stuff in sports, but at the end of the day, 
I respect you. I respect your opinion. And yeah. the fact that we can talk about it, I think shows maturity. I think it shows being on the other side of the coin of these people that want to vilify everybody who right. doesn't agree with them. Because there's nothing more dangerous than an echo chamber and group thing. There's Always. nothing more dangerous. Um, I will say, I'm just going to tell you this because I haven't told you before. I didn't know before I apologize that you were also an Auburn fan. I just thought you were a dickhead. So I was like, I didn't realize it was the whole thing. Oh, for sure. Well, you get the total package, Chris. Come on. Like this. Uh, why not? Of course. Hey, at least we're Braves fans, though, right? I'm a Red Sox fan. Oh, you're a Red Sox fan. <laughs> well, that's okay. Y'all have the Braves of the American League. I'll yeah, take that's that. Fair. Um, okay, we're going to bring in Gordy in here, man. I appreciate it so much. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Um, but yeah, tell them where they can find everything from you, and, uh, and we'll have you back soon. I won't. Yeah, you, man. Well, it was great to come on, and we got you coming on in the morning, too. So if you want to watch more of Chris, which I'm sure you do because you're here, come check us out at Cranin Company on YouTube, uh, C R A I N N Company. We're live in the morning, 6 30 to 8 a.m. Central. Chris, it's great to talk to you, buddy, and uh, we need to go get a cold soda here soon. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. See ya. How do I do? Oh, we're still live. Okay. What's up, guys? What's up, Jeff Williams? Um, yeah, I, you know, and I think I stumbled through part of what I was trying to say because um, I decided to set up also in the garage tonight because uh, I thought it'd be cooler. Um, it has been the opposite. It's been very, very hot. Uh, we have our next guy, our next guest coming on soon. Um, Chris Gordy, you guys, you guys know him all too well. Um, yeah, wh- how are you guys doing? How's the week been? Uh, it feels like it's like been like the longest fucking week ever, and it's only wednesday but we got a lot of shit we can talk about too um i just thought that was like somewhat of an important message not to get like on a soapbox or like that because and i'm 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 bad about it more than anybody's like arguing on twitter but uh no i I thought it was a a good like lesson that i said i learned and probably haven't put into practice which i should have anyway all right how are we doing tonight we got a lot of we got ben diesel in here jeff rollins jeff williams um pretty slow week for the most part it feels like all of the news is either transfer portal stuff which we expect to happen and or um georgia fans with the dylan rayola um i guess you call it news but it's not really been news yet because they haven't announced it uh silent commits they're supposed to be committing at some point i don't know now um we were talking about this the other day i did see the link gordy um we were talking about this the other day and the portal's open for two weeks right now, and it's like I forgot how this was last year. It's kind of like the craziest time because it's not the, even the end of the season. It's it's like the the most impulsive reaction you could have if you're going to enter the portal is after the spring game, right after the game. Um, I know there's you know like Bear, I forgot his fucking last name. Grills, the defensive uh, defensive lineman from Georgia. Um, he entered the portal. Uh, Bama's lost like, several guys, I believe. I, I don't know the total numbers. A and M is up to thirty total players. Thirty total players have left A and M from like in the portal this this off season. Um, so I don't know how like I don't know how big of a concern it could be at this point because I think that you, the writing is usually on the wall. There's going to be some surprises, but like if you notice too, a lot of times like the names that enter the portal for the most part aren't names that we're super familiar with, right? Um, but I was wondering why Georgia fans were kind of like I thought overreacting to it, and I forgot you guys didn't have a single player leave in the portal last year. Um, what else? I saw somebody put this in the in the uh, comments. The FPI rankings have come out. We're going to talk about this with Gordy, um, and also like 
did you guys understand the 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 betting thing? Because I I worked really hard at trying to just say those words, and so they made sense. I had, I sent it to Connor, asked him for help. I, it just it was so much information, and none of it was good. Um, Tremaine Burton. So ESPN came out. We're and we'll uh we'll wait till Gordy comes in here and to get into like the nitty gritty of it. But I also did a quick a pretty quick deep dive on on the FPI because every year we fall for the same thing. I, I don't even know like what to compare it to. It's like. It, like maybe it's like peeps or like like just fr- people still eat fruitcake i guess like like for me i know that fruitcake is bad like I, I know it's bad so i just avoid fruitcake every year i do the same thing and avoid fruitcake every year you guys should avoid fruitcake by fruitcake i mean the e- the esp and fpi rankings because they are absolutely fucking meaningless and they're terrible so i i did a little collection a collection of uh of some <laughs> some stats and data of their all-time worst predictions, because um, if you thought this year's was bad, last year's was even worse, and the year before that was worse than that. Um, what's up, Gordy? Hey, what's up? You got me? Yeah, I fucking I don't like hosting. I, I'm doing everything. I'm like a, a stay-at-home mom right now. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you started like 30 minutes late. It's all good. Right on I, time. I told him we were gonna do 10 or 15 minutes. I looked up. It was at 28 minutes. And we didn't even talk about anything. You started talking about America. Y'all didn't get into uh, swimmers and stuff. I'm not. I'm not going to get into the swimmer thing because I, <laughs> I, I think that my opinion is right about the swimmer, and I just I don't know if it's gonna. I don't want to lose my liberal, my liberal uh, <laughs> street cred or card. You know, oh I'm man! I'll say one thing about this thing. If you finish 406th in one specific division in one year. And then you not only come back and win the entire division, 406th. I used to do a joke on stage about this when um, my mom like sent me this like box. It was called Christopher's Box of Accomplishments. Like after I like got done with college, she labeled it that. And I was like, what the fuck? First thing that I pulled out of there was like a fuchsia brown ribbon for 14th place. Shout out to the people that have to come up with a color scheme after first through third place. Because it's not great. And it was like 14th place for swimming. And I was like, there's... There's like significantly less than 14 lanes in a pool. 406th to first. And not only first, but the nine seconds off the world record. I just feel like it's not fair. That's our show. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie Joanna Man? It's a good one. (laughs) It's also kind of weird, like how many how many of those movies there were, and we just thought were funny. Like like Oh yeah. There was a there was a classic teen movie from the 80s where a white kid pretended to be black. And like that, that does not survive today. So, no. you know, times change for the better, Marler. Yeah, that's fair. Um, no. So anyway, there was, we were talking about like the FPI stuff and I know you saw it. Like I will say the FPI is very serviceable for somebody in, in our job, because if I'm trying to look up S or like strength of schedule rankings, um, trying to look up like, you know, the percentage chances, like just from like a content standpoint that I can post and people be interested in. And it gives you like, some sort of tangible info you can look at. Right. It's good for that. Do you remember a couple of years ago when when Mississippi State was started out in the top ten? Yeah. Auburn has started out in the top eleven both the last two seasons. Yeah, I mean, if you brought me on to talk FPI, you you picked the wrong person because I you think this, up. I think all this stuff is stupid. Like yeah. when you have to explain what it is, and I can't just know. Well, you see, you like you take the data and you like run it through a machine, and then you know, like, yeah, it's just so stupid. It's like based on how many starters we got back, and how 
like, and again, those things are always so skewed because, like, just because you have starters back doesn't mean they were good. Like, I didn't know that until last year. I've been yeah. quoting that fucking stat forever. And, and, and finally, you and Cole Kubrick were like, by the way, I think actually it was you. You're like, just because they're, they're back doesn't mean they're worth a shit. And I was like, all right, well. That's it's just always it's one of the biggest misnomers, particularly on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Like, did you watch AM last year? Their offensive line stunk. If I told you AM bring back brings back most of their offensive line, you'd be like, Man, that's good. No, it's not good. They weren't good. So that was the specific example that happened because I was like, dude, LSU brings back all five starting <laughs> offensive linemen, all of them four years, like four fourth year seniors, and you were like, they sucked. They started well, like, two true freshmen. That's how bad the group was of the guys who came back. So, you know, it's it, – I mean, I'm not saying don't acknowledge it. it. There is some substance to it. But, I mean, like, you know, strength of schedule is 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 a big thing I would look at. Like, we can we can both look at Georgia's schedule right now and say it's a joke. Like, if Georgia does right. not run through that schedule – It was last year. Something went wrong. But, like, like – They were in the 50s last year. But all the other stuff, the advanced metrics and all that stuff, I just I don't know, man. I'm I'm an eye test guy. I'm a yeah. look at what did this team look like. That's why I watched eight spring games over the weekend. Yeah, we're gonna get into that for uh, for sure. Um, no, what I was gonna say was about the FPI thing. If if you ever need a reminder of how ridiculous it is, I always use this example. In 2019, when LSU and Bama played in in Tuscaloosa. Alabama was ranked second and LSU was ranked third, according to the FPI. The following week after losing to LSU, Alabama remained at number two and LSU was still at number three. And then the following week after that, they were still at number two Yeah, for two straight weeks after that. And so I, again, the strength of schedule thing, I think is good. I trust that metric um, team rankings. There's is, it makes no sense. If a team beats a team head to head, and that team stays ahead of them, then the FPI is stupid. Then it right. needs to be thrown out of the window. So and what's weird about it too is because like if we're talking about all these advanced metrics, right? Like you know as just as well as I do that in this business, especially if somebody like people love when they have a take that like it's gonna like either ruffle feathers or it's gonna have people that like, you know, um like make them feel like no one else had this take. I'm like the smartest man alive. Not once since they started doing the ESPN FPI preseason rankings has a non-Power 5 team been in the preseason top 25. Not once. There's been a minimum wow. of four in every single final rankings over the last uh, five years. So it's kind of an odd thing to like, I don't know, like die on that hill. Yeah, so give give a little credit to the to the lesser guys is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Like Tulane made the top 10 last year. Wait, say it again. Tulane, what is this? What's the Tulane school the name? Top 10. Say the school name. Tulane. Okay. What am, what am I saying wrong? Tulane. <laughs> In New Orleans, we put the emphasis on the first part. So it's Tulane. Mm. You said well, Tul you said Tulane. And that's yeah. that's very uh northern of you. In New Orleans, for me, I put the emphasis on blacking out within 30 minutes of being there and losing my life. So we have different. Most people do. I had somebody tell me the other day, they're like, we went to New Orleans the other day. Man, Bourbon Street smells. I say, hey, man, the locals aren't the ones vomiting. It's, yeah, it's also tourists stinking up the city. So why don't you stop? Um, okay. So like you said, there were seven or eight spring games um, this past weekend. Yeah, including Florida. Florida's was Thursday. So I included that in the bunch. And we, we, we talked about most of them, like, on the last episode. Like, I mean, take us through, like, what your biggest takeaways were for some of them. Like, I know we've like, kind of, like, beat the – like, a dead horse with, the, with Florida. Um, I don't know how worried we should be, 
I, I will tell you this too. This is going to start just being, I'm going to lean into this whole, like this transfer portal thing and, and not try to learn it where anybody went until the spring games, until the summer, and just have it be like a pleasant little surprise. Because Trey uh, <laughs> Knox being at, at South Carolina, yeah, and Jay, big, Catalan bro. being at Texas, I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yep. Hey, let's do this. I'll, I'll just I'll start with Florida, and I'll just give you a quick thought, and then just throw out a school, and we'll go rapid fire. And I'll just yeah. give you a quick thought. Florida, I think their defense is going to be better. Austin Armstrong uh, mm-hmm. is going to get that the best out of that group. I love the transfers they brought in, particularly on the D-line linebacker. I think Florida is going to be much improved defensively. The problem is I think the offense is going to be worse. Graham Mertz is not Anthony Richardson. So I love the run game, though. I love Florida's run game. I think they're going to be one of the leading uh, – uh, one of the leaders in running the football in the SEC this year. Who's okay. next? Um, I mean, Georgia, if you want, let's do Tennessee because we actually forgot to talk about Tennessee in the last episode. Tennessee, you couldn't take much away, they had so many pieces out. Um, yeah. you know, I, I couldn't put any, I saw some people like Joe Milton went three and out, like you can't put any stock into that. But I will say this like, what we saw from Milton, and I like Joe Milton, I think he's gonna be good. Aaron Murray today said, What he's the most talented quarterback in the country, like. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. My biggest concern with Joe Milton is that he thinks he has to be Hendon Hooker 2.0. Right. Just be just be Joe Milton. Do what mm-hmm. Joe Milton's supposed to do. Um, we can't like don't put any more pressure on him than needs to be. Right. But I um I like the little young running backs that they had. Deshaun Bishop looked really good. And and those are these aren't even the starters. Like they're Jabari Small and Jalen Wright were out. So yeah. Um, and then we didn't see any of the receivers, right? Brew McCoy's out, like all those guys. So couldn't take any sweeping uh takeaways from tennessee who's next it didn't stop me from doing it on twitter um uh let's see who's next South Georgia. Carolina. you mentioned georgia right yeah we can talk about georgia's fine well i was just gonna say like kirby you're wasting everybody's time name name carson beck the starter like is he not name we... he's obviously no. the starter yeah well right but they're gonna draw this thing out because teams like what's the point in a na- naming a starter in april like you don't have to but carson beck clearly the best yeah. carson beck i think is more talented more talented than Stetson Bennett. I didn't say better yet, but I think right. he's when it all bears out, I wouldn't be surprised if his numbers at the end of the year are comparable to Stetson, particularly the schedule they play. I think Beck's yeah. going to set the world on fire. I think Carson Beck will be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Who's oh, next? Shit. I mean, so like, and honestly, like when you first said it, like he's more talented, I feel like some like some people in the audience will probably be like, yeah, no shit, man. Like, because like that's the perception of Stetson is that he's a walk on, not as talented. I bring it up all the time. We had Herbshire on here. That's the first thing he said. It was like his arm talent is better than JT Daniels at the time. I, the Carson Beck thing, in my opinion, I thought was over the moment they announced like what time G-Day was and put together a little fucking flyer. And it was just one player on the whole graphic, and it was just Carson Beck. And I, remember, I was like saying this to somebody. I was like, it kind of feels a little bit un- like, you know, like, like he's telling us something. And they're like, he's just trying to support his senior quarterback. He knows that like he cares about his seniors. I'm like, Tell me a time in the past that Kirby has cared about his senior quarterbacks. Yeah, and they're going to play the best guy. And unless exactly. Brock set the world on fire, and he, he was good. Him mm-hmm. and Gunnar Stockton both showed promise, but like Carson Beck was just lights out. Yeah, agreed. Um, South t- Carolina? He did, he did, yeah, yeah, South Carolina. Uh, yeah, Trey Knox is going to be a beast. I think he's going to be one of the best weapons in the SEC. Um, uh, Juice Wells is back at South Carolina. He looked good. Um, the offensive line, I'm still worried about South Carolina's offensive line. They brought in some new pieces, but I, man, they have got to protect and I like, they got to run the football better. Yeah. I know that they, they've had like a exodus of running backs in recent years, but they've got to be balanced. But if we get, if we get the, the Spencer Rattler that played down the stretch of last year mm-hmm. out of the gates this year, 
they're going to pull some upsets. Uh, Shane Beamer is coming. Yeah, I mean, I think like they're, the offensive line definitely concerns me. Have you have you seen the news about Jordan Birch, by the way? No, what happened? Because, you know, he left and went to Oregon. Right. And like most people that have ever visited Oregon or met anybody from that state, he did not like it in the long run. And so he chose to – he said, like, apparently he wants to come back. He didn't – he doesn't – like, he thinks he made a mistake. So now there's, like, this weird, very vocal – like, should we take him back? It's like wow. – I, w- I wish they would handle it like in the same way that like girls handle it, like at a bar, like, like, no, like Stacy, stop it. Like, do not fucking talk to Jordan. <laughs> we don't want him back. We don't um, want him back. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's an, they do need some edge rush. I mean, they, that's, yeah. that's, that's a big glaring weakness for South Carolina. I think besides if it, if it weren't for Kentucky last year, it would have been even more glaring for how bad that offensive line was. Um, so you, they've got to get better up front. Got to get better up front. Um, Ole Miss, I got I to gotta just tickled watching Pete Golding go out there and and just lean into his his prime. This, this is where we talk about, you know, it's an install. It's an install process, and we're still installing. That's what – they're still installing the defense. In fact, uh, we don't even have part one of the installing yet. That's what I would say about Pete Golding. Because, yeah, the defense look – I mean, look, somebody I, – I tweet this out. I said all three quarterbacks look great. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said the defense didn't look great. And somebody was like, well, you got to understand, we were just running basic plays. I'm like, so – like you weren't trying to stop them. Like right. your DB, your mission was just let the ride receiver run past you. Like I don't That's understand. Wants, dude. Yeah, but they've got they've got a quarterback battle in their hands, and it's legit. I was told by somebody a week ago. They said they thought Jackson Dart looked has looked so good this spring, mm-hmm. and that they thought it, it's going to be his job. Well, Spencer Sanders looked outstanding in the spring game. Showed off his running ability. Had like seventy yeah. yards rushing. So like, and then Walker Howard looked good. So. I don't know what they're going to do here. I doubt. Like, do we really think all three guys are going to be on the roster come September? It would be such a – I just never understood why Spencer Sanders went there in the first place as, like, a, a multi-year starter in a Power 5, like, system, especially, like, Oklahoma State. Because Jackson Dart started the whole year. He, and now, granted, he was a little bit underwhelming at times, but, like, he beat out Altmaier. He, like, he's, like, he won that position. He's a hugely, like, you know, talented kid and, like, and you know, high-ranked recruit. That is the weirdest battle in, in the entire country, I think, for me. Like, there's other battles that are probably more significant. Like, But Ohio it's a State good one. And, like, let's say let's say Spencer Sanders is named the starter, and he's really good. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is going to – like, they're going to make some noise. They're going to win yeah. a game or two they're not supposed to. And 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 if that offense gets humming, watch the, that Bama game. I'm just telling you. Watch it. Here we go. Um, what Get your what popcorn are... ready. Yeah, that was one of my – that was actually watching that with you when the uh, – yeah. We were in Baton Rouge hey, I Lane, you don't have to go for it on every fourth down, every you dummy. Down. Um, okay, so this week, there's uh, there's two main spring games I want to talk about, and that's Colorado. Uh, <laughs> All right, baby. So, are, like, are you going to watch the, the, the Colorado spring game? No, I'm watching Batman LSU. Okay, like that answer. I'm going to probably record Colorado because I want to see – I just, I, I like the whole thing is fascinating because it's like we, we definitely do love Dion. And that's like why he's like, you know, he's like this very charismatic person, like has a magnetic personality, all that kind of stuff. I just, they, they can't be good. They can't be good in year one. 
they can be better. Like, I think their goal should be to get to six, seven wins, get to a bowl yeah. game. Like, that that should be their goal. But, I, like, it's a, it's going to be a slow process. And right. I couldn't believe when I saw the other day, Marlo, that one of the sports books had Shador Sanders with the 10th best Heisman odds. I'm like, guys. We're like, doing too much. <laughs> this is too much. This is too quick. Down the road, can can two years from now, can Dion have a player that can win the Heisman at Colorado? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not in year one. Like, what are we doing? I mean, he could, but it wouldn't be Shadir Sanders. It would be, it'd be Travis Hunter playing both sides of the ball. Yeah. I just, I mean, the whole thing was like, I, I just, I thought that was, I, I I need to figure out a way to like, I like the like CFB on Fox and I love their social media because it's actually our old social media guy. Um, I like Joel Klatt. I like all that. The moment I'm scrolling down and I hear that fucking voice of of RJ Young talking about Dion, I'm like, oh God. I just know whatever's about to come out here is not gonna be a very unbiased take. You um, don't like right. RJ Young. I get it. Saturday, Saturday, Bama and LSU. Now I've been down on LSU for most of the offseason and not really convinced for a number of reasons. And then I did why? You, you I haven't heard you explain why. Yeah, I have. Because I because I said I've said I've given very I've given several reasons. I give them again right now. One. I think that you guys, this happens a lot when you beat Bama, is that you get a resume builder and it kind of makes you forget about all the other things that may, may not have been as uh, glaringly positive or, you know, or, or like a negative that everyone could see, right? Like some of these, like uh, the band-aids that, that that puts on um, to a program because you like beat Bama. I think it's fair to I say. I think you're overthinking it. They, the fans had no expectation that they would beat Bama in year one of Brian Kelly. No, but and they did. So, yeah, but, like, I don't think anybody's thinking, like, oh, now we're just going to go undefeated at LSU. Like, I think they they appreciated that year one of, of beating Bama. But For sure, yeah. I think you guys, like, your fan base is super appreciative. And I think that, like, one of my favorite things that's ever happened in, in SEC football is, like, you ever try to talk shit about 2019 LSU? Like for like a full year after that, it was like somebody like who just got done eating like Thanksgiving was like, ah, I don't fucking care, dude. I don't care at all. Um, I love it. No, and I went, to, I went to LSU, but like I'm, the, I'm, I'm the most unbiased guy. Like I, I call it like I see it. I'm, I yeah. mean, I, I, I think, I think you're right. There are concerns, particularly on the defense. Like mm-hmm. they lost a ton. They get Harold Perkins back. They bring back Mason Smith, but that whole secondary is going to be rebuilt. Uh, at least the corners, the safeties will be okay with uh, um, with Bur- Major Burns and, and Greg Brooks back. But like at, what I've been told for LSU spring game, you got Moscona coming on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll get into it. But like I've been told, LSU's gonna have a ton of guys out this weekend. So like, yeah, yeah like they have running backs out, they have you know defensive players out. Like you're not. It's gonna be a little bit like Tennessee this past weekend. You're not gonna get a full read. Right. And last I heard, I didn't, I didn't even hear if they settled on a format yet. Like, is it just gonna be a scrimmage? Is it gonna be a sc- like Arkansas? I don't know if you watched Arkansas last weekend. They didn't even keep score. Like that is. They the, just the, that between that and Pitt when they they came up with like a fucking pamphlet and they were like, <laughs> oh, by the way, these are the rules we're playing by today. And it was like, this isn't fucking Quidditch. Like, just play football. What, what about Auburn's where, where they're like, the defense is up twenty four nothing. Got to respond. Like what? I just assumed that that was like that was a, a like a troll because the Bama blew a twenty four point lead to them in twenty ten, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was just that was my own insecurities playing out. Uh, yeah, Cam Newton did not walk through that door. That, no, and he did walk through another door though. Um, oh yeah, Cam, yeah. Cam is like I'm, I'm <laughs> loving watching this this demise. Um, okay, you know, back to the spring games from this weekend though. Okay, so 
when you look at like this, the stuff that like LSU has going back on offense, especially, and, and like, I think, I think that last year it does a disservice to my take and me patting myself on the back because I think a lot of people slept on Brian Kelly for most of his career because of, especially SEC fans, because we saw what he did like on like the big stage and, and Notre Dame hasn't won a, a New Year's six bowl um, or BCS level bowl. in like, I think since 1995 or 94 and the Rose Bowl against A&M um, Kelly's a phenomenal coach. He did a great job. Like, like you said, exceeded all expectations. Um, now going into year two, like the stuff that I would be worried about if I was, if I was LSU, you quarterback depth is great. The schedule is fucking, it looks very manageable, which is good. Yeah. Um, well, they got the hardest part figured out. Jane Daniels is back and he's right. the quarterback and you have a pretty good backup in Garrett Nussmeyer. So like right. you've got, it, it's so funny in, in having Bam and LSU playing this week or both playing this weekend because they're, they're like the opposite of the other of each other. Like Bama doesn't know who their quarterback is. It is yeah. very much up in the air. And you know, that's, that's the hardest part for, for other teams. And we all expect Bama is going to be back to normal that it's Saban revenge tour. And here we go. But there's a lot of unproven that, you know, their best players from last year are all going to be hearing their names next Thursday night in the yeah. NFL draft. So like, Bama's got a lot of question marks, but it is funny. Like I've, I would do hits all over the country and I had people asking me, you, know, you think so, so Georgia and Bama in the SEC title game next year. I'm like, I mean, I guess we can default to that guys, but why it's do we always, going to. why do we always default to it? Like, I mean, again, like, is Georgia or Florida Bama. If you want to make a case that Joe Milton is going to get red hot and you got Tennessee winning the East, I'll, I'll hear an argument on that. If you think that, LSU is going to be rolling and they can go get a win, you know, eke out a win in Tuscaloosa. I can hear an argument for that. So, mm. you know, it's not the craziest thing, but um, no, no, man. I, but you, you said something specifically. You said we all expect Saban to, um, to just bounce back in the revenge store and all that good stuff. Do you, do you think that we really do expect that? I'll, that, I'll tell you like most of the casual just SEC fans, I think, yeah. expect that because it's what we've come to know, right? right? Like, Bama had a down year. You lost two games, one on a missed field goal and one on a two-point conversion in yeah. overtime. Like, it's not the end of the world. But that's a down year for Bama fans, and they're sitting there going, Coach Saban better get this thing back on track or else we're going to have real problems. Like, we're not used to going two years without winning a championship. Like, this is yeah. unheard of at Bama. So, no, I, I think most people think that. But I'm just – my biggest concern, Marler, is outside of Dallas Turner, give me give me, give me like your top five guys on Bama's team this coming year that you're just – like you're like, you know they're going to be studs. Kool-Aid. Okay. Um, Jace McClellan. Okay. Um, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. I kind of think Jermaine Burton Don't is going to have Jermaine a really Burton. good year. No. I, I, listen, maybe, I think, I maybe. think they're going to, whether it's him or Malik Benson or it's to Corey Brooks, I think they're going to have a, a good receiver again. This whole thing, like they have, they have a, a brand new fresh start. And the only reason I would say that like you, I don't think that they will, um, they lost his edge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe like, I, I don't know. Like, like, so wait, you had the greatest quarterback in the history of Alabama throwing them the football last year and they were both mid, but they're both going to get better this year with a new quarterback throwing to them. So I think they're going to get better. Because that's you could do that as like with with time, practice, all sorts of different things. And also, a new quarterback where you don't even offense. know you don't even know who your starter is 
four months out from the season. See, this is why I asked you if you actually meant what you said about like the the saving thing. Because so here's here's the thing. Like the the rumors that we're starting to hear down from uh, from like I was on Fine Bomb today and all that kind of shit was um, on bull rag. No, no, I wasn't on it. I'm saying I was watching it. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, like a peasant. And <laughs> dude, somebody called yesterday from a fucking hospital. Like, like they were in the hospital. And she was like, "Hey, Pa," just I'm, and she's like trying to tell the story. <laughs> And it was so. She was like, I, "He's like, are you in the hospital? Like, are you like?" She's like, "Yeah." Well, I walked out to the waiting room, and then like at some point, something happened where it got super uncomfortable. And she did like what like all Southern women do. They just like, want to get the phone. She was like, "Okay, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna let you go, Paul." And then like just dipped out. Anyway, um, I think that the quarterback thing is there's. I've said it over and over. There's gonna be some drop off because of like the people you had before it. Um, the You're greatest quarterback in the history of Alabama. It's okay to say that. About Which Bryce one? Young. Bryce Young. Okay, the only, before that, you had the greatest season. The only Heisman Trophy winner in the history right. of the program. And I think that like he he was able to mask so many different things. He's also able to mask. He's also able to mask a lot of stuff that like I don't think will be in play with like a new OC with like like a new like I think that Bama's going to get back to a different style of football. And I also think the fact that like I know people don't want to hear this. The, the, we make the joke about the receivers being hurt in the national championship game. The running back situation you had where you had three guys out with torn ACLs by the time you get to the end of the year. So you had like one, you had that's the only reason Brian Robinson got so many carries. I think if they stay remotely healthy um, and you're going to have more rotating guys, they've like, I know Will Anderson's gone. And he's, you know, like maybe the best defensive player we've ever had since Derek Thomas. I said this that early in the year, there's been 10 total five-star edge rushers since 24-7 sports started rating that position as its own position, Bama has six of them. And that's not including Will Anderson. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. They, outside of Dallas Turner, they need somebody to step up, whether that's, uh, what, Tim Smith, uh, Payne. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, no. we'll, we'll see who it is. But that that's just my biggest my, – my thing with Alabama is they are loaded with talent. I just don't know – who I who can I trust? Who am I who am I banking on? Like the team yeah. this past year had so many guys back. I was that's why I was shocked when you talk about Henry Toa Toa and, and Will Anderson and like all these like leaders that they right. had on, on the defense and they still, you know, were getting beat. I don't know. I, again, like I look, spring games don't mean a hill of a crock of shit at, at yeah. the end of the day. But the, all eyes, Marler, are gonna be on the spring game this weekend on that quarterback spot. Like I hate to put the pressure. Even more pressure on Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow. Nobody but, wants to see Bama succeed. Don't act like you want to see Bama succeed. No, no, no. I think it'd be tremendous if both guys went out there and did what the two, the three Ole Miss quarterbacks just did over the weekend. If right. they both come out and they're torching, Saban's going to be like, thank God. Because right. what they don't want is both guys to go out there and look mediocre. And then you got to hear from the fans the whole summer about, well, I don't know. Maybe we ought to be looking in the portal. Who's out there? Well, so that's that's the thing that they brought up today because I didn't even think this was a possibility. I thought that those one of those guys was going to be your starter, but like the the rumor has been, there's been like they haven't been great uh, like so far in, in fall camp, and if they have to go to the portal, who are you going to get? Right, and, and at this point, like the only one you would take is like like I, I mean like Grayson McCall at Coastal, like he's a oh, guy no. who start, but like I'm saying like he's a guy who started a ton of games like. Anybody else you bring in, you know, short of Caleb Williams, like who's going to yeah. come in and, and dramatically improve that spot? And and you've recruited these guys, and they're right. big time recruits. So like, let them play. Like this is this is how you develop, and and it may suck. You may ha- it, like this. 
crazy thing, Marler? What if I told you this was a rebuilding year for Bama? What if they're going to take three losses this year, but we see flashes from, let's say it's Ty Simpson, he's the starter. And then this sets them up for 2024. Well, I won't see 2024 because I will have killed myself because we lost three <laughs> games. Um, no, I mean, like, like I, we haven't lost three games since Saban's first year. And, and that could definitely happen because the schedule is is different. I, I went on this whole tirade earlier with um, with Jake about the numbers from Vegas and how it's 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 glaringly different than it's been in the past where, like, you're playing LSU, Tennessee, um, Texas at home. I mean, they're, they're only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Texas. And that may not seem like this a crazy good. thing. Quinn yeah. Ewers was lighting up that secondary before he got hurt. He had one drive, but yeah, that's, yeah. Well, um, knocked no, him out. I, I I just think it's it's if Bama goes out and they're not as they, they you know they they have continued to like regress and and all that kind of stuff and, and some of the same like very seemingly simple fixes that like weren't made. If those are still happening, I would be very surprised and be very bummed. I think that. I think that people are kind of trying to convince themselves that this is the new normal of Bama. And I don't, I don't no, think that the, Saban wins another national championship. I really don't. No, I, I think he's, it's too, no. he's too old for it, but I, the, I think that the greatness is still there. It's just, they got to have the right, the right recipe and the right players. Yeah. And it's simple as that. And this, this, it could happen this year. I mean, you know, there are people, like I said, they're going to be the preseason pick in the West. People are going to be picking Bama. Um, if that quarterback thing can settle, because like, like you said, they're going to get back to the old Bama run the ball and stop the run. You know, they're going to be a dominant run team. And, uh, you know, it, look, Jace McClellan right now, he may not be better than Jameer Gibbs, right? Like overall as a player, but he could have a really big year rushing the football. Jameer Gibbs was a unique talent. Like he was better catching the football and all yeah. that, but like, McClellan could be that workhorse of getting back to the the old Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson days. Well, and you got you got Justice Haynes and a couple other guys like that as well. I mean, they got like the the, the roster obviously is always loaded, but it's like I think that they not just having a chip on their shoulder. I think I think that like not having to the expectations that were probably on just Bryce and Will. It seemed like it would like like the shadow that casted like or like over the entire team. It just it never seemed like it just like okay the 2014 Bama team with like Blake Sims and like this like this like ragtag group of misfits like you know like they're still high-ranked recruits and all that kind of shit you have Amari Cooper but at the same time like no one ever thought they should be there and they they right. lose early they, that, was that the team that won at at LSU on the the pass to Yeldon no, that was 2012. That was the other time I, I ripped know. your heart out. But that this is when you guys had a <laughs> three point lead with 50 seconds left, and 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 they panned that kid in the crowd, and he was like, 50 seconds, no timeouts. We'll see." And you guys kicked it out of bounds, and then we had to kick a field goal to tie it up. Anyway, but like, I will say, like the, the the prove it thing. One of the main things I've said why I've not sold on LSU is, I mean, you've watched it. When's the last time they've beaten Bama back to back years? Well, they've been at least they've been compet they've been more competitive in Tuscaloosa in re recent years than they have in Baton Rouge. So always, you know, yeah. So there's that. Mm -hmm. uh, two years ago, when Coach O was like, "It's my swan song, baby." They fired me already. He went in there and um, like he played a hell, and then he like was like cheering that he they played a close the student section that they played a close game. He's like, "Come on, that line, baby." 
Um, that was one of the most surreal things I've ever watched because I was watching it and everyone was was reacting, like, like saying that's what he was doing. I was like, no, like he's a lot of things. He's not doing that. That's crazy. That's a crazy thing to do. <laughs> and then you, they pan the camera back to him and he's like holding up L's. Like, yeah, fuck you guys. He was dead man walking. He's like, no, like, cause nobody expected him to win. I want to say they were like 20 point underdogs. It was something. You were 29 insane. and a half. Yeah. And they kept it close. And I, th- I want to say the D line was it Glenn Logan. Somebody on the D line just demolished Alabama's yeah, offensive over and over line. Again. You want to, yeah. you want to hear a crazy stat? This is what I was telling Jake, like about the Vegas thing. So Bama's only been fa- like They played 32 home games the last five years. They've only been favored by a touchdown or less. They've been favored in all of them, but they've only been favored by a touchdown or less in just two of them, 2019 LSU and 2020 um, Georgia. There's been, I think, 13 total games where they've been favored by two touchdowns or less, during, like just in general during that time, out of all of the games they've played. Um, and it usually, you know, it's like Auburn and two is out or some shit like that, like or Clemson or, or LSU, like 2019 LSU. It's very rare to have Bama be a single-digit favorite with Vegas setting the line. And all four games that have come out so far, they are single-digit favorite. But in the month of November of the last two years, in the month of November, they have been an average favorite of 26.7 points in, uh, in every game, right? They're one in six against the spread in, in, in games against the SEC. Um, and they lost, uh, I think it's like four of those games outright. Or, I'm sorry, they lost two of those games outright. It, but four of them were by single digits or less. Well, that's just that's just Vegas. Vegas is always gonna buy, bet, give Bama the benefit of the doubt, so they're always gonna put the lines bigger than twenty nine and a half, and Bama won by two, uh, by six. Arkansas twenty and a half, they won by seven. <laughs> L, uh, Auburn twenty two, they won by two, and in the next year, same shit. Well, I, I'll say this: like if you're already looking ahead to, to this coming season, the lines will change. Why are you ruining if, the deep dive I did? It's just like, what's that? Don't ruin the deep dive I did. I, it felt like it wasn't that necessary at all. After the, the lines will change. Like if 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 let's say Ty Simpson comes out Saturday and mm-hmm. it's you know two plays touchdown t- bomb for a touchdown. Milrow comes out, all the lines are going to move heavily in Bama's favor for the, the season. And it sounds stupid to do that off of a spring game, but I just think like. People are there's huge question marks there. If they both those quarterbacks go and look good in the spring game, it'll bring back all the confidence in Bama. Yeah. I will I will admit, and we'll get you out of here. I'll admit that I it never even occurred to me that one of those guys would be bad, let alone both of them. It's a real possibility. Yeah. But but look, like the spring game, I just go back to like the takeaways we have, we'll we'll get to the season and we'll look back and it won't mean anything. Like, right. do you remember who like really stood out in the spring game last year? And I got all excited. Jai Hall. About? Uh, him? Well, that was that was two years ago. Yeah. This past year it was Kobe Prentice. I was like, man, Kobe Prentice is going to be a monster. Still he was right. like sixth in receiving on the team. Like yeah. he was good, but he wasn't like he looked like a star that spring game last year. So it is what it is. You take it with a grain of salt. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, this pessimistic attitude has really got me fired up for the uh, the spring games. Um, I know I hijacked most of your evening. I appreciate you coming on. Um, we have – I got to do – I think Moscona's coming on at, at – is it Moscona? Scona. Yes. Scone. Like you eat a scone? He already corrected. I don't eat scones. I don't, it's, it's, you're not getting all the, the stuff. There's too much waste. All the shavings falling off. It's ridiculous. You could never live in New York. You live on scones and bagels. 
That's what they I, do. I would never want to live in New York ever. <laughs> Everyone's so mean to you. And like, that whole thing about like, you can make it here. Like, I don't want to make it here. I want you to tell me that I'm pretty and I'm funny. That's it. That's all I want to hear from you guys. Tell me I look less fat than I do. Um, uh, uh, let me plug real quick. I got a, an yeah. interview with uh, TJ Finley uh, this week for the Auburn quarterback and a really good kid. Uh, I wish him the best. We'll see what happens with his future, but he's, he's on track to graduate in June. So probably going to transfer. We'll see what happens, but uh, I think Auburn's going to dip back into the portal. I think they're going to add another quarterback. They have to. You, you don't um, trust also, Robbie Ashford? I mean, well, like I didn't even know Finley was still on the team. Yeah, he's fine. It's good backup. Yeah. yeah. He, he outplayed – I mean, he had him in line to beat Bama a year ago. You, you don't remember that? Did he have him in line? Did yeah. he have him in line? Yeah, and then Tank Bigsby went, stepped out of bounds. He went rogue, yeah. Um, no, he also beat Georgia State, too. I, no, I, I saw – I was supposed to – I don't like hosting by myself or having to be the one that's organized because we've somehow done an hour and 15 minutes. Of, I don't even know what. I think it's just me <laughs> convincing and not convincing myself that Bama's going to be good or not good. Anyway. Plug the pod. Let them know where they can find you. Yeah, just locked on SEC wherever you, you get your podcast. Tomorrow on the show, we'll actually have Tavius Robinson, the former uh, defensive end at Ole Miss. If you remember, he blew up in that game against Kentucky, uh, mm-hmm. sacking Will Levis's ass left and right. So we'll talk with Tavius Robinson about that. Um, Will Levis, like, you think he goes number two? We'll talk again before that, but not on air. So, like, I, I, n- no. Okay. <laughs> I think it's right now. I think it's Bryce Young one to the Panthers, Will Anderson two to the Texans, and back to back Bama picks. Yeah, that's gonna actually kind of feel like a slap in the face at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're probably right. So, and then we'll look back on it as the good old days of Bama back when they used to get players drafted one and two. I'll tell you what, you keep talking this shit. Here's I'm, this is the last <laughs> thing I'm gonna say. I'm gonna close out with this. I've been trying to not say this all offseason, and I'll we'll, we'll be Brooks and done as soon as I'm finished saying this. So many little things that could happen that like, like just don't let Saban come in here and, and beat Brian Kelly's ass. Like they've been, like they've done to LSU at times. I know they played him close, but he's don't let him like, to. what he's supposed to. What are you talking sure. about? Yeah. But so don't let that happen. Don't let him go. Like, you know, unde- don't let him go 11 and one or even undefeated in the SC West and, and that gauntlet and beat Texas and all that kind of shit. But more than anything, do you have any idea this? Like, I don't think it's going to happen, but I just want you to close your eyes and imagine this world. If, if it does, you go into Atlanta and you have Georgia and Bama playing for the, the sixth time between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. Four of the previous five have gone one certain way. So if Saban, you know, he'll be an underdog again. If he comes in there and he beats Kirby again, and, you know, not all of those games were close. That entire narrative we've built up about how Kirby is passing and all that kind of shit and all the beating our chest and like burning down Twitter, all that goes away. All and you go right back into this fucking fetal position of insecurity because you know how many times it's happened and you had your heart ripped out in that building. Bama fans, you just you just love you thrive on people saying the Bama dynasty's dead. You just like, oh yeah. Wait till we show you. Don't even Wait start. Till we I got show you. Disrespect. Like, I, like I've I've said it. I said it on this podcast tonight. Like, I, I don't I don't need people to tell me Bama's not good because we're gonna go beat him by thirty anyway. Don't Shut don't up. let people write our obituary. All right, you heard me. See you know what happened coming. last time. That somebody did. Dan Wolken wrote one out in fucking USA Today, and they won the national championship. Clay so. Travis, I think, said that the Bama dynasty was dead. No, he said Saban was a libtard cuck. <laughs> 
Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, I don't believe you for some reason, but um, yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Tell tell Skoda I said hi. I will. I will. We're gonna we're gonna end the live broadcast, guys. Um, make sure you check out everything on social media this weekend.